BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Five months have passed since Hamas brutally attacked Israel, launching a vicious war for Israel's very survival. As Israel fights for her existence, so many people around the world, even in America, Israel's greatest ally, have turned their backs on the Israeli people right when they need friends the most. Friends like us. The International Fellowship of Christians and Jews is on the ground in Israel, delivering critically needed emergency supplies to those suffering right now. There is an immediate need for essentials like food, medicine, and emergency supplies for hundreds of thousands of suffering Jews. Many cannot return to their homes because of rocket fire in the north from Hezbollah. Israel is in desperate need and that's why I'm partnering with the fellowship today. Every donation is urgently needed. To give to IFCJ, visit supportifcj.org. That's one word supportifcj.org. Your gift will be matched to double in impact and help provide twice the support. Supportifcj.org. God bless and thank you. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl... She got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. 
That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. It's going to be such a good day. It is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday on the Jesse Kelly Show. And man, you people are insane. And it's awesome. I have to answer questions today about how the national divorce works. Some lady secretly has a lot of cash her husband doesn't know about. (laughs) Why I don't want to write a book. We have unicorns fighting dragons. It is... uh, It's an insane Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Don't raise your hands at me, Chris. I didn't come up with the questions. This is up to the people. This is up to the people. It's my job as the Shogun to lead people through what has been a long week. It's just dragging on sometimes now. See, this is what happens during when you get a Democrat elected. Especially now with these crazy Democrats. It's not like the Bill Clinton years where you're going to have a bunch of stuff you disagree with them on. But there's going to be some things that aren't that bad and a minor disagreement. Now, because they're all communists, everything sucks. (laughs) All the political news is terrible. And so I'm combing through it with you. I see your emails. I hear you. I'm going through it with you, and every day it's just something awful. It makes Ask Dr. Jesse Friday that much more important. We just, we're not carrying a heavy load today. I'll be honest, for the first time ever on the show, my history story, while interesting, is completely light. There's not even any death. It's just going to be kind of a wild goofball story from history. And then we're going to get to your 18 trillion questions. And you can still call live during the show if you want, by the way. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Let's rewind and get to the history because this is, I don't know, the story is so insane. I, I thought when I first heard about it that it wasn't real. Chris, do you know what an emu is? Yeah, an emu is a hideous-looking flightless bird. It is six feet tall, over 100 pounds. If you're, if you're not driving, this is the portion where I tell you to look it up so you can picture it. But if you can't or you're, you're driving, doing something, just know long, but power, long, skinny, but powerful legs. Certainly some feet you wouldn't want to be underneath. A uh, big fluffball body. Remember, this is a flightless bird, but a big body. A face that is absolutely horrific. You, When you do an image search of the emu and you get the face on one, you know, you're looking at eye to eye, that should be in a horror movie. It's looking into my soul. I'm lucky I didn't have nightmares last night, but I don't really have nightmares. Chris, do you have nightmares? 
I don't have many of them. You know, one of the weird ones I get all the, you know what? I'm not going to do that right now. I'm going to finish my emu story first before I get to my nightmare. I have this weird one that I get now and then. But, all right. It's huge. It's also Australia's national bird. So it's like, I mean, it's it's their, I'm not Australian, so I don't know if it's as important to them, but it's their bald eagle. It's their that. Now let's rewind a bit back to World War One. World War One was obviously wretched. Wretched. And Remember this, because it comes into play, I mean, kind of in our story here. I'm not going to go into any death today, like I said, but guys were heading off to World War One, And the Australians, to their credit, in World War One and World War II, fight like lions. Australians are beasts. I know several people today in the special operations community who will tell you the Australian SAS, which is obviously modeled off the British SAS, like their Navy SEALs are some of the baddest dudes on the planet. They are bad dudes. What? Yes, that's right, Chris. We're going to get to that in a moment. Everything over there is trying to kill you. But they they went off and acquitted themselves very well in World War I. But remember, World War I was horrific for a, a laundry list of reasons, but one of the main ones was you're going off to war as a young man with an idea of combat that is... Cavalry charges with swords and things like that. That was uh, glory for the queen, something like that. And you're just finding out war's not like that anymore. It's bombs and gas and misery and rats and trench foot. It just, it's terrible. Guys came back from World War I wrecked. And understandably, like most countries, Australia values its veterans appreciates its veterans. You see it all the time in America. That's not unique to America. People appreciate the ones who went and fought for them. And they had to figure out something to do with the veterans when they came back home because these guys come back home. And as somebody who has on a very, very, very low level, we're not talking World War I, I can't function in society anymore, but as someone who has dealt with getting out and not really fitting in society anymore, at least temporarily. I know what it's like, at least a little bit. But these World War II guys were on a different level. You get back. uh, You know what? I've told you this story before. Here's just a brief little one about me. I got back and got, I got back from Iraq, got out of the Marine Corps pretty much right away. Start working, just doing construction, going to community college. And I would sit in the back with my hat pulled way down low, just baseball cap pulled down low so no one would talk to me. And I'm, it's Arizona, so there's even dimes all over the class. And I'm a single dude at the time. I didn't even want to talk to girls. I just really wanted to be left alone. And I would find myself, I know this is a little frank, but look, it's me. I would find myself daydreaming about one of two things often. Somebody, one of the dudes in the class would do something that I would find vaguely annoying and I would think about dragging him outside and beating the absolute living crap out of him. And I would have these recurring daydreams that the government would hire me to go around the country and kill pedophiles. That is not a healthy place to be. That is not a good place to be. Thankfully, I came out of it. But that's a small idea of what you go through. Now, now take a World War I veteran. 
who went through way worse stuff than I ever went through. These guys come back and they don't fit. They don't fit oftentimes with their own families, which is heartbreaking. But you come back home to whatever your job was. And I mean, your parents don't recognize you. Your buddies don't recognize you. Your high school sweetheart, she thinks you're a monster now. And that only makes you isolate more. They've got to figure out how to take care of these guys. And we need to pause for a moment and describe Australia as best as I can describe it without ever having been there. Australia is, one, gigantic. It is huge. You look at it as an island, in a big island, but it is like the size of the continental United States of America. It's enormous. The coasts on both sides are pretty, I, I, they're, they're nice. They're very nice. You got trees and everything else, you know, and whatnot. They're very nice. And that's where almost everyone in the country lives. The middle of it, not so much. Barren wasteland of deserts and desert mountains. And it's horrible. And I, I mean, horrible. That's the bush. That's the Australian outback. The veterans come back and they are given some land. The, the, the government wants to help these veterans out. These guys need a place back in society. And the government says, hey, we'll cut you a deal. You get back from the war. We'll, we'll start finding plots of ground to give you. And, you know, you get something out of it and we get something out of it. What's that something they're going to get out of it? Well, I'll tell you in a moment. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. I have a nice little tradition now in my house. Here's what it is. Go home from work, see the wife, see the kids, mess around, get ready for my show the next day, sit down for dinner. And now my kids make fun of me for this. I have two Super Beats heart chews sitting right next to my glass. I usually have a glass of water with dinner, finish up, and that's my dessert every single night. They taste delicious. They're all natural. They're outstanding for my heart and my blood pressure. It is the ultimate replacement for your evening dessert. They do not taste like beets, and I'm trying not to lecture you, it's such an easy step to take care of your heart. It's insane if you don't do it. Go to GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. That's GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. Buy two bags. Get the third for free. Some lady has more money than her husband knows about. Apparently a lot. And they've been married a long time. We're going to address that in an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. There's an ancient battle we have to put together. Someone wants to know why British accents sound so hot. 
I'll try not to burst your bubble on the accents, but we'll, we'll discuss that here in a few. At first, let's get let's get past as quickly as possible the emu war. Veterans, World War One veterans coming back to Australia. Australian government saying, "Hey, we're going to help you out. We're going to give you some land." By the way, eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. But the government wanted something out of the land. Remember, wars are taxing on nations, too. Taxing economically, taxing on resources. It's just very tough. The government needed more food. The government wanted these veterans to come back home and grow wheat. They wanted them to come back home and grow wheat so badly They offered to pay them an extremely generous amount of money, frankly, more than market value for whatever wheat they produced. So they were trying to do the right thing. Come here. Here's some land. Go ahead. Learn how to farm. Become a farmer. Get me some wheat. We'll pay you more than you deserve for that wheat. That's what they told them, and they gave them a set amount. I'm not going to go into the amounts because then you're dealing with foreign currencies and everybody's eyes glaze over and no one knows what you're talking about. I don't know if they were shekels or not, Chris, but we're not going into it. What? All right, anyway. The good land, though, goes very early. And the war doesn't end in a month, you remember? They start handing out land, 1914, 1915. Veterans start coming back home. Some of them wounded. Some of them just finished with their combat tour. They're getting this land, and it's going well. But you still have veterans coming home in 1916. In 1917, and the good land is gone, and now you're starting to stick some of these veterans coming back and some of the crappy land nobody even wants to live on. Look, today, nobody wants to live on most of this stuff. It's that bad there. I mean, there are some severely, severely remote parts of Australia, and let's pause there for just a second. Australia is obviously... I'm guessing, thankfully I've never been there, and Lord willing will not ever go, I'm guessing it's what hell looks like. Now, I understand it's a beautiful land, and honestly, the people are great. But the animals, on top of the environment, the environment itself can murder you there. It is a horrible, dangerous desert. The animals, if you look up, look up, you know what, Chris, do this while I'm talking, while I'm discussing everything else, look up the 10 deadliest snakes in the world. The last time I looked, and you, you always get different versions of what is deadliest. It's like eight or nine of the ten are in Australia. You have the dingoes in Australia. You have saltwater crocodiles in Australia, the largest reptile in the world by a large margin. You have bullet ants. Do you know why they call them bullet ants? Because it feels like you've been shot <laughs> if you get stung by one. They have, and I will caution you, if you're planning on sleeping within the next month, don't look up a picture or a YouTube video of this thing in operation. The the Sydney funnel web spider. Oh, my goodness. It is this gigantic. I have huge hands because I'm 6'8". They're bigger than my hand. They have fangs that are the size of my fingers, and you should see how big my fingers are. They just, they look, it looks like something prehistoric. 
and they're under the ground with a, just what it sounds like, this web that they create in a ditch, and that it's just horrible. And that's just a couple of the things on land. We haven't even gotten to the water. And you know what? When we get to the water, imagine this. Imagine a water environment so horrific that a great white shark barely cracks the top 10 on things you're scared of there. And they have huge great white sharks. They have bull sharks. They attack more people than anything else in the world. They have the deadliest thing there. It's called the box jellyfish, jellyfish, also known as the sea wasp. You'll die within two minutes of brushing up against it. And oh, by the way, you can hardly see it at all. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Chris is holding up. It's like microscopic. They're tiny. And they can get huge, by the way, but they're tiny. They have a deadly octopus, a blue ring octopus, which are gorgeous if you see them. They're really cool looking. They have a deadly, uh, uh, like, snail. They have, and this might be the one that scares me the most. They have something called the stonefish there. The stonefish is something, oh, of course, it, it nestles its way into the sand. So you, of course, can't see it. If you step on one, and people do, here's two things that happen often for people who step on stonefish. The pain is so bad. It's not that it's the poison. Obviously, the poison causes the pain. But the pain is so bad your body can't function anymore, and you will go into shock and die. Again, I can't stress this enough. Not the poison killing you. The pain is so bad it kills you. Dying from pain. They have people. This is another thing that happens who step on stonefish. This is the norm. This is a normal thing. When people step on them, they beg the paramedics, please amputate my foot. Cut it off. Have you ever had something hurt so bad you just remove the limb? <laughs> That's Australia. And remember, this was a, pe a penal colony for Britain for so long. Britain landed there. Like the first people who ever landed there landed on the western part, which is, you know, really, really bad. And that's where our story takes place. And they thought, oh, gosh, never mind. We're out of here. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't until people started landing in the east, which is nicer, that they realized this place has some nice stuff. Back to our story. You're giving the veterans crappy parts of Australia now. It's horrid. It's desert. And they're struggling trying to get wheat to grow. The environment's brutal. The frost, they'll get random bits of frost and wipe out whole crops. They have a rabbit problem. And I'm not talking about your rabbit problem where you have two or three who are digging holes in your yard and you're shooting them with pellet guns. Not that I've ever done that kind of thing a thousand times. I mean rabbit hordes, infestations that are destroying entire crops. It's really bad. On top of that, we get to 1929. Now, what happens in the world about 1929? A little something maybe you've heard of before. It's called the Great Depression. That was not a uniquely American thing. That was worldwide. It crushed Europe. It crushed Australia. So, the government, on top of having to give these guys some bad land, the government can't give these guys the amount of money they had originally promised them for the wheat. And when I say they can't give them the same amount, just know, because again, I'm not going to break down the currencies for you, 
they're giving them pennies on the dollar versus what they were promised. Pennies on the dollar. Think if I promised you for a do- I promised you a dollar a unit and then gave you five cents a unit. That's the equivalent to what they had. So we have these veterans now. Everyone has a heart for them. They're wiped out. And then, as if life couldn't get more difficult over a you know 15-year span, if you're a veteran, veteran, come home, crappy part of Australia, crop won't come in, frost, rabbits, life's hard. You get invaded. The wheat you can grow gets invaded by emus. Not one or two of them. 20,000 of them come in. 20,000. I will wrap up the story and begin with your questions when we get back. A secret retirement account? Yowza! Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn. But not every child can focus on classes and play dates. Nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. face hunger. That's one in six. School lunch might be their only meal each day, and it's heartbreaking to imagine any child going to bed hungry. We're dreaming of a perfect day when kids can smile, play, and just be kids without worrying about where their next meal will come from. Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. In order to open these doors, we do not say open Sesame. We say open Biden. That's our magic word. What? what? That was Nancy Pelosi yesterday. I, uh, Chris, I want you, Chris, I want you to play it again. And before you do that, I want you to understand, you have to make sure you put this on the show Twitter, at Jesse Kelly Show. You can find me on social media, at Jesse Kelly DC, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm on Locals. But I want you, if you find time, to go watch the video of this, too. That is Nancy Pelosi talking about Joe Biden. The video somehow makes it worse. You're like, what's she talking about? Don't ask me. Don't ask me. Chris, play this again. In order to open these doors, we do not say open Sesame. We say open Biden. That's our magic word. And she's doing like this, uh-huh, like that look on her face. It's the two people leading this country are 9,000 years old and not in control of their mental faculties. And we are, we are in a great deal of trouble. All right, setting that aside. All right, back to the emu war. These veterans are struggling. The emus are swarming now, 20,000 of them. And emus are, are foragers. 
They just they're gonna eat whatever they find. Period. Uh, big wheat field. Uh, you might as well put out a buffet in front of me. The veterans start doing what veterans do. They grab their weapons and they start shooting them. But remember, I said there are twenty thousand emus. Twenty thousand of them. The veterans start running out of ammo. Some of them don't even have weapons. A bounty finally gets offered. Somebody, please kill these things. They're wiping us out. That can't do it. The veterans appeal to the government and say, hey, do something to help. And in one of the most bizarre choices I've ever heard in my life, the Australian government chooses to get the military involved. We're not talking about adding fencing Maybe getting some wildlife management. Australia is well-versed in wildlife management, as we already described. It's a hellscape. Instead, they send an army unit. A unit's probably putting it strong. They send three guys, two heavy machine guns with 10,000 rounds. They also send a movie company with the three guys to document the whole thing, which is so bizarre, so beyond bizarre. And when I say bizarre, this is what I mean. It's weird that you would, when you think about today's sensibilities, that you would go out to hunt down and machine gun down a bunch of birds and film it for to, to, to broadcast it to the company, to the country. Think how much people would freak. But... People wanted to know the Australian government was capable of protecting its citizens. And during the Great Depression, something something real we can take from the show before I get to the Ask Dr. Jesse questions. During the Great Depression, remember this. Secession movements were gaining steam around the world, including in Australia. Because when economies tank to that level, people start to look to their government and say, well, what good are you? The Australian government was actually in some trouble with its own citizens who were all, uh, fix this now, that kind of thing. So they thought making a film out of this whole thing would brighten the mood a little bit. And, and look what we'll look what we will do. Our veterans were in charge and we sent in the army to help them out. Except that's not that's not how you would hunt an emu in at all. That's just not how you would do it. They Encounter some right off the bat. They, of course, pull out the heavy machine guns and start spraying machine gun fire at the emus. The emus simply scatter and they run really fast. You need to think about emus like a mini ostrich. They just turn around and take off and they don't get any of them. Then they run into a group of a thousand of them. Remember, this is all being documented. So this is becoming, it's becoming a joke already. You already shot at them and missed them. The army hasn't done anything. They run into another group of a thousand. Boom, machine gun jams. They take off again. Now, now this is starting to get to be front page news as things are getting cabled back and forth about this whole thing. They decide they need a new tactic. Clearly mounting the machine guns is not working. Surprise, surprise. They're not Germans. They're not going to charge them. They mount the weapons on vehicles. They start trying to run them down. They're shooting from the vehicles, not not accurately at all. 
They don't hit any of the emu with actually machine gun fire. They do manage to accidentally drive over one, though, which causes the truck to lose control, and it wrecks the fence of one of the farmers they're there to help. <laughs> now, you've also caused something else. Every time you're charging them, including this time, the emu are taking off scared out of their minds. Their brains are like the size of peas. And remember I said those powerful legs they have? They're stomping and, and shredding the ground that they were there to protect, that the army was there to protect. These stampedes are hurting things even more. They finally figure out that they, how to start killing them. But even that's slow. It takes 10 shots per bird to bring one down. There are 20,000 emus. You only brought 10,000 rounds. <laughs> it lasts It lasts a month. And it's just this comical turn of events again and again and again where they're trying to get them. They'll get some. They'll start getting like, like 250 a week. But it's dumping thousands and thousands of rounds to get that. Now the army's running out of ammunition. The emu population doesn't seem to be whittled down at all. The army is soon recalled. They're recalled. There was a discussion in the government about giving the three guys who went to fight the emus medals. And somebody in the government makes a crack that if we handed out medals in this war, they'd all go to the emus. <laughs> they did eventually resolve this after a long time. They gave the veterans more ammo so the veterans could handle it. The bounty program got ramped up. And surprise, surprise, they figured out, you know, maybe it's just some better fences would handle this. And it did. It handled it well. When you hear people talk about the Great Emu War, it's just three dudes. It wasn't the end of the world, but that is the Great Emu War. There's nothing government can't screw up. Nothing. Sending three army guys without even enough ammunition and a camera crew to document the failure is the most government thing in the history of government things. Just remember this, everybody. It's not unique to America. The people who end up in politics in general are morons. You don't want them in charge of anything. Don't ask for their help. You don't want it. All right. It is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I did a good job last week, Chris. I want to give myself credit the most. What? About getting through as many emails as humanly possible. I got through a lot last week. I'm going to attempt to duplicate that, but I, I make no promises. Remember, if you miss any part of the show, you can get the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes right after the show. Chris gets the podcasts up. He actually gets them up right away, shockingly. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a review talking about how handsome I am. Jesse, my husband is retired. He mocks me about my low salary, which is over 70000 My non-taxable retirement accounts make more than my salary. Should I tell him or not say anything? We've been married for 30 years. 
Our son is a Navy aircraft carrier veteran. The beard makes you look more handsome. <laughs> All right, I'll address this in a second. Hang on. One forty-five over ninety-two. One eighty over one eleven. One hundred and eighty-two over a hundred, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself. I didn't. Now I do. Uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. It's me. Sombrero Jesse on an ass, Dr. Jesse Fried. What, Chris? Jesse, my husband's retired. He mocks me about my low salary, which is over 70 grand. My non taxable retirement accounts make more than my salary. Should I tell him or not say anything? We've been married for 30 years. Our son is a Navy aircraft carrier veteran. The beard makes you look more handsome. Here's what I'm guessing, because I have to guess a couple things. I don't have more details here. If he's mocking her for making over 70 grand a year and they've been married for 30 years, this reeks of he probably did real well for himself and he probably retired doing just fine. So I'm going to assume that is the situation going in. If you're retired, and you're making the you're making fun of the wife for making over 70 G's. You probably did just fine. Probably did just fine for yourself. I wouldn't tell him. I wouldn't tell him because it looks harmless. You know, I'm assuming you know it, it looks it all looks very fun and harmless. I wouldn't tell him at all until the day you retire. And then I, what I would do, I would you have to plan this out right though. You have to be absolutely devious and terrible about it. You have to plan this out right. Don't tell them until the day you retire, but then get all of your statements framed, like all of your retirement statements that show how much money you have framed or, or even in a letter and hand it to him on the day you retire just to see the look on his face. Make sure you film it too. It'll be greatness. <laughs> yeah. By this point, in time, look, I'm generally not an advocate of secret accounts from the spouse. That's probably not a great way to go. But in this case, 100%. You guys sound like you're doing fine. Good for you. And Semper Fi to your son. Chris, I've told you about, uh, I think it's the Yorktown in Charleston, the big aircraft carrier. Let me just tell everybody again. And it's not like I get, it's not like I get paid for this or something. I'm pitching 
Charleston for all of you. Charleston is one of the coolest cities in the country. But even if you don't care for Charleston, it doesn't matter. They have a World War II aircraft carrier there. I think it's the Yorktown. I may have that wrong. Chris, look that up, please, so I know I'm not screwing that up. They have a World War II aircraft carrier there. You can go in it. And when I say you can go in it, I don't mean they let you walk around the top deck and just look around. They let you go deep into the bowels of the thing where they have like a fake mannequin set up where the guy would get his dental work done. You can see where they cook the food. It is awe-inspiring. Yes, I have done it, Chris. Yes, it was a bit tight for me at my size. The USS Lexington. Oh, no, no, the Lexington's here in in Texas. No, I haven't been to that one. I'm telling you about the one in Charleston. Did you look up the one in Charleston, Chris? Anyway. They let you go. They let you tour the whole thing. We got lost. That's how, I mean, you can imagine how big aircraft carriers are. It is one of the coolest experiences I've ever done. We did it when our boys were younger. I'm taking my boys again soon so they can see one. Aircraft carriers are the most awe-inspiring things. Chris just asked if they have a sub there. Yes, they have a sub there. I'm not pitching any recommendations for that sub. Why? I have, now I have wide shoulders. This is the Kelly shoulders. There were plenty of places in that sub where I not only had to duck, I could not walk straight down the hallway. I had to turn to the, no. What are you saying okay for? Like it's nothing. No, it's not still cool, Chris. I'm not going to squeeze my way through a sub abs like Shaq getting in a payphone. I, I absolutely not. I will never be, I will, I will take my boys. I will say there's the sub. And of course I'll make up some excuse. Cause I don't want to look like I'm wimping out. I'll be like, ah, I got to use the restroom. It must've been the eggs. I'll see you guys in a little bit. I'll be right there. And then I'll just stand outside. I'm not going on that sub. Dear chef Shogun Centurion Kelly. What, Chris? I have been perplexed for my entire life as to why skinny men marry whales that outweigh them by two or three times. I for the, I, I cannot for the life of me understand why. Do dudes have a huge flaw too so they settle? It seems more than a preference for large women at this point. Please enlighten me. Also, I think this would be a great... But, 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 look, whales is a little bit mean. People have... People are built differently, one. They're totally built differently. I have known several buddies who prefer big women. And I don't and I don't I don't mean like one. I have several buddies that prefer them. Sometimes that's just what dudes are into. Here's what we all do. We, because we're all selfish, and I realize you're not as selfish as me, but because we're all selfish, we assume everybody thinks like us. Oh, I want a uh, uh, six-foot blonde girl. There are guys all over the planet who have no interest in that at all. Oh, I, I love uh, I love Asian chicks. That's awesome. Cool. Good for you. Asian chicks are hot. There are guys all over the planet. Doesn't do it for them at all. You're. <laughs> it is a good thing that different men want different things. A good thing. I have one more thing to say on this that'll be equally offensive, and then we'll move on to dragons and magic unicorns. It's going to be a great show. Hang on.
never going to hear me judge you. You know, I don't do that. And mainly it's because I'm terrible. And so when it comes to something like dipping tobacco, I'm never going to point my finger at you and say, that's terrible for you. You know you have to quit. I won't do that. I I can't do that. But I, I dipped for a long time. And I knew I had to quit. I'll be honest. I did not want to, but I knew I had to quit. You know the reasons why. You don't need me to tell you. I didn't know how. I liked it so much, I didn't know how. And I tried I tried sunflower seeds. I tried cigarettes. I know. It's stupid. It's terrible. I know. Jake's Mint Chew is what works. Jake's Mint Chew is all natural, tobacco-free, nicotine-free, a bunch of different flavors. It tastes good. Highly recommend the CBD pouches. And it gives me a little replacement that's actually good for me. Go to jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE for 20% off. I have maybe the most exciting announcement in the history of the show. You can now have t-shirts and mugs with my face on them. Yes, we still have our anti-communist merch, which really is the coolest stuff. I, I keep I keep buying it now. They sent me some free stuff to advertise it, and I keep buying it. They're very simple. Hoodies, tank tops, V-necks, t-shirts, hats, and they just say anti-communist on them. That's all they say. They're awesome. People keep emailing me that they bought them, and they're getting some looks out there. I wear them to all my kids' sports games. Yeah, what? Say something. You can find them on thefirsttv.com slash store. Thefirsttv.com slash store. All right, one last thing on the skinny dudes and big, big women thing. There's something about all of us. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Eight seven seven three seven seven One more thing on this skinny dudes liking bigger women thing. This is going to be offensive, but that's who I am. So let's just come out with it. Because of what I do now, I have talked to a thousand smoking hot women. Because they're in this industry. That's who they put on television. Because I have a TV show. 
And so you're always talking to people at a big conference from another network, and the women are jaw-dropping. There's a thousand of them. You get... Hot women are so boring lots of the time. And they're so boring because all of us, it's not, it's not like it's their fault, all of us were as good as we have to be most of the time. You know who's really fun to be around lots of the time? The bigger girl who didn't have to just bat her eyes at a guy to have him laugh at her stupid jokes. She actually had to come up with funny jokes. And look, that old saying that's pretty vulgar, so I will make it completely PG for the show. It's 100% true. Show me a dime and I will show you a guy who's tired of being with her. The looks, obvious. I'm not going to tell you looks don't matter. Of course they matter. You're attracted to what you're attracted to. But, buddy, if you don't enjoy being around her, that stuff gets old real, real fast. Real fast. Nobody on the planet, whoever your, your dream girl is, nobody on the planet is hot enough. There's not a single woman on the planet hot enough for you to hang out with her all the time, like in marriage, if her, if her personality is garbage. There's, it doesn't exist. I know you think it does. Oh, it's Salma Hayek or whatever the thing. I'm probably aging myself there. Does not exist. Does not exist. D- Dr. Jesse Kelly, when are you going to write a book that will be banned? <laughs> Thanks for all you do. Uh, I have been asked multiple times to write a book. I even had a major, major publisher approach me and ask me if I would write a book. They want me to write a book. Please write a book. I think it'd be really good. People have certain skill sets. And I understand people enjoy when I write things. I'll write things every now and then. You have to understand how much I hate writing. Hatred of writing. I could could sit and do six hours of radio in a day. I probably wouldn't have much voice left by the time it was done, but I would enjoy it. By the time I'd done, I was probably sound like this as the voice was going away, but I, I, I would enjoy it. An entire book. All my friends write books because that's what everyone does in this thing. An entire book sounds horrible. That's one. Two, I feel like that's something everybody does. Well, don't you, Chris? Don't you feel like everybody has a book? Chris said I should just have a really good book about stupid stuff we talk about, like fast food and stuff. Maybe I should. Maybe that's what I should do. Come out with a political book that's like 10% politics and 90% the mindless stuff we talk about here. (laughs) Oh, speaking of nightmares, I want to get to this. This came up earlier in the show. I do have one that I have now and then, but it's only like once a year, and it is the weirdest thing. I have no idea where it comes from. If you're a psychologist or psychiatrist, or at least you want to pretend to be one, call or email me and tell me what this means. A common theme is this. Somebody I love is in trouble. Family, you know, whatever it is, in in bad trouble. Uh, Terrorists of some kind, somebody's breaking in the house, storming the building, diehard style, something like that. I either get my hands on a weapon or use my own hands and I go after who's coming after my loved ones and I can't hurt them. I'll have a weapon in my hands and I'll be pop, 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 pop. And they're not going down. Nothing's affecting them. 
and I end up losing. And the same thing with my fists. I'll get to them, and I'm hitting, and it has no effect whatsoever, which increases the desperation of it, and I end up losing. It's not often. I'm fine. I'm not waking up in night terrors. But that is one thing that happens to me, and I have no idea what it means. I'm sure it means something, or maybe it means nothing. Who knows? But I want to know. Hail, oh, great potentate of the coastal plains. My question is, if you could pit the forces from any two nations, empires, tribes, throughout time against each other in combat and watch it like a football game, which two do you think would put on the most entertaining show? You can also control the numbers and the terrain to make it as even a fight as possible. Julius Caesar's Roman legions versus Genghis Khan's Mongol horde. Seems like an East, I think you meant to say easy favorite, but there's a more interesting and unique matchup you can think of. Also, would your answer or question change if it was between a single battle or prolonged war? P.S. If you read this on the air, you can use my name. Much love, Brother Coy. All right. Allow me to burst your bubble. As you know, I'm a Julius Caesar freak. Super genius, one of the most, if not the most, historical figure this side of Jesus who Chris's people killed. An incredible general as well. Genghis Khan's Mongols would mop up a Roman legion like they weren't even there. Like they weren't even there. But it's not a fair comparison. We're talking about... 1,200 years in advancement in the future, that's where you get to Genghis Khan's Mongols. But look, if you, want a, if you want a little preview, a contemporary of Julius Caesar was Marcus Lucinius Crassus. Remember that super rich guy? And he wanted to go fight the Parthians and took 10,000 Romans over there to go fight the Parthians, uh, and none of them came back, including Crassus. The Roman legion was a dominant force in the day. It does not hold up against horse archers with these hugely powerful bows. Part of the problem Crassus ran into was the bows were shooting the arrows through the Roman shields and armor and stapling their arms to the to the shields and stuff like that. You can't, the, it would not even be a contest, Julius Caesar's legions between Genghis Khan's Mon- Mongolian hordes, hordes. And I'm a huge fan of both. It would not even be a contest. I would be interested. I would be interested to see an even number of Comanche versus Mongolian horde. The Mong the Mongols are going to be unquestionably more disciplined. That was really a hallmark of the Mongol army. Remember, you could be executed as a Mongolian soldier if you had an arrow string fall off of your horse. If you dropped an arrow string, you could be executed for that. So that inspires that inspires discipline that is not normal. And the Comanche, like so many Indian tribes, were not disciplined like that. But the Comanche were supposed to be the only horsemen in the history of mankind who might be able to rival a Mongol on horseback. The Comanche, remember, the Comanche held off the U.S. Army for a significant period of time. The Comanche moved nations. Just packing up and leaving, uh, okay, we can't handle these people. We are out. I would be interested to see that. But if I had to pit one, 
But set aside the Mongols, because I view them as being so superior. Let's set aside the Mongols. I really genuinely would be interested, really genuinely interested, in seeing America's post-World War II army versus the Soviet army. I would like to see it. They were so even. They had tanks, planes. Uh, the Soviets probably had more fighting experience, but we had tons of it. The different styles of leadership. I, I'm glad we didn't do it. I would like to see it for sure. All right, let's talk about unicorns and dragons. Hang on. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. Superbeats heart chews are the easiest thing you can do as part of your routine to make sure that heart that's beating in your chest, to make sure that blood pressure, to make sure they're both on the up and up. And we're all getting older. Right? Nobody's out there getting younger today. You have to take more steps now than you had to take yesterday. And tomorrow you'll have to take even more. It's not enough to just make sure you get some exercise, to just make sure you're eating well. Super Beats Heart Shoes will help give you maximum benefit from those two things. And look, they taste good. It's not exactly a burden to eat two Super Beats Heart Shoes a day. It's my dessert with dinner every night. Go get some. Go to GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. That's GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. When you buy two bags, you get the third for free. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm also on Locals. That's a place I can't get kicked off. Let's turn through these questions. I have to pick up the pace now, Chris. Jesse, I have a question I think will challenge even your formidable wisdom. Who would win in a fight? My five-year-old daughter's magic unicorn, her imaginary best friend, or a dragon? First, understand when she looked up at her daddy with those luminous, innocent brown eyes. What do you think? I said, and what do you think? And what would you have answered? Hint, if you get this wrong, it will crush her. Without hesitation, I, of course, said unicorn. I mean, magic. Come on. He says, I'm welcome to use his name. His uh, name is Ryan from Lebanon, Oregon. Well, obviously, it's going to be the unicorn. And here's why I say that. I believe dragons actually existed. I do, not, I do not believe that. Yes, Chris, I do. I believe it 100%, and here's why. Because I'm a history dork, and I go into all this history stuff, and I'm always reading about it. The number of ancient cultures who describe something that sounds like a dragon is shocking. It's not like it's one random people who made up some weird ancient story. Dude, it's a lot of them. A lot of them. 
Chris said maybe they just found dinosaur bones or dinosaurs. Look, whatever the case may be, I believe in them. I'm not saying they flew. I'm definitely not saying they breathed fire. I doubt those things. That's not necessarily believable with what we have today. I do believe dragons of some kind existed. I think the unicorn would be able to outmaneuver the dragon. My big problem with the dragon has always been those wings. Those wings are not going to properly support a body that heavy. The body is always too heavy on the dragon. They haven't changed laws of physics in order to support a body that's what, Chris? The wingspan would have to be a 747 to support a what? It would have to be huge to support a body that size. You know I'm right. Whereas the unicorn with magic, uh, the, the dragon would never be able to penetrate that. I think it would be a slow flyer. The unicorn's ready to go. What, Chris? You don't know about these questions. I'm the one answering the question. Dr. Oracle, before I get to my question, I have to tell you that between your whining about hating to eat beets and your take on being a, he puts in quotes, handyman, you are only a man bun away from being a soy boy. <laughs> First of all, that's not nice, okay? I am a handyman, and beets are disgusting. That's why I tell you, look, I would never be able to eat my super beets every day if they tasted like beets. I'm serious. My mom used to uh, jar them all the time because we didn't have, so you jar stuff. And I could, I, just the smell of it to this day, I have to leave the room. They're hideous. I still don't know how they got super beets not to taste like beets, but whatever. Why do Brit- His question is, why do British accents sound so hot? And additionally, do you think British people think our American accents are the same? Keep up the good work, oh wise one. Says, feel free to read his name. This is Rob from North Dakota. <sighs> All right. Let's have a little talk that's going to hurt. It looks, this is, it's, fellas, this is for you. And ladies, it's for you too. Uh, it's for you too, because ladies love accents too. Dudes love accents. Ladies love accents. Here's the reality of life. I mean, you all heard Laura Logan on here. Uh, was it this week? I think we had Laura Logan on. She had that South African accent. Oh, just smoking hot. Smoking hot. Accents sound good because they're different. And you think different means better because you haven't experienced it yet. It's that forbidden fruit thing. I have done enough traveling to know and mingled in enough circles to know, yes, it's hot, but they're all the same. They're all the same. They're all the same. We used to hit on Asian women all the time when we were in, when we were in Asia. We got uh, Liberty all the time in uh, Tokyo when we were doing some training over in Japan. And, of course, so we're hitting on Japanese women all the time. We're a bunch of young Marines. And, 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 yeah, it's cool. It's exotic. It's different. Oh, they're the same women there that they are here. Women are the same. But, yeah, Chris is right. The grass is always greener. You feel like, ooh, that's, that's sexy. That's spicy. And women are the same way. Oh, I love those Australian accents. In a week, you'd be yelling at him to pick his underwear up off the floor after you got married. It's just it's that forbidden fruit thing. 
That wanting what you don't have, wanting what you've never had thing, that's what makes it sexy. And I'm just as guilty as you. I hear it and I'm all, oh, we got Laura Logan coming on the show today. Laura, you just take it away so I can. It's all the same. People are all the same. But you have a fascination with the exotic, with something that's different. And that's not wrong. It makes you human, but it's not better. I, I Look, I did, like I said, I've been overseas and stuff like that. It wasn't long, and I just wanted to come back to America. That's it. You know what? Uh, Japan's been fun. Really enjoyed it. Oh, this place has been fun. Had a blast here. Uh, I want some American women, and I want some American beer, and I want some American food. And, yes, I'm glad I got to experience other cultures. There's nothing like an American woman. Call me a homer if you want. Dear Dr. Shogun, supreme offender of feminists, do you prefer a weapon that holds six or seven rounds with greater greater stopping power or one that holds 10 to 15 rounds with less power? Personally, I'm all about the higher round count. I know not all cops are expert marksmen, but they've got more training than the average person. And yet a huge percentage of the shots fired in real-life scenarios either completely miss or don't hit center mass. Therefore, doesn't it make sense to carry more rounds? If it's for home defense or carrying concealed in public, does that change your answer? My answer is the same no matter what. No matter what. I love stopping power as much as the next man. If you're in... Grizzly bear country, as I've explained to you before, leave your stupid nine millimeter at home, carry a 44 Magnum or bigger. I am not saying that. So you can puff out your chest, Uh, a smaller round than that will not penetrate a grizzly bear skull. You have to have something that big for the human body. Overkill is underrated. You need more rounds. You need more rounds. I've seen it. I've seen it personally. I've seen it with rifle fire, let alone pistol fire. You are going to miss. And even if you hit, if his adrenaline is up too, he may not go down. Unless you're doing dome shots, you need more ammo. More ammo. More shots at all times. Period. You need more shots. That's for home defense. That goes for, for everyday carry. And another thing about home defense, you need to be careful about over-penetration. Over-penetration is a big problem in a home. Your background of your target matters a lot. And I'm saying this for you shotgun keepers. And I have a shotgun too. Double-lot buck. I do too. In the right situation, would use it. A shotgun, buckshot, if, God forbid, you ever have to shoot it in your home, is going to over-penetrate. You got kids behind those two or three walls? You feel like filling them up with buckshot? I sure don't. That's why something like a 9mm is very good if you have the right round for it. It's why a 300 blackout is really, really good. It's an even bigger round, and it's just going to die once it hits the walls. More. Always better.
Jake's Mint Chew helps you quit dipping tobacco. And I hate talking to you about this. Now, I love it and hate it. I love talking to you about it because Jake's Mint Chew actually works. It, it, it is what works. But I hate it because I feel like you think I'm judging you for dipping tobacco. I'm not. I've had more tobacco in my lips than you have. And full disclosure, not even sure if I'm supposed to say this, I loved it. I don't look back on the days where I dipped tobacco and go, oh, that was those were some dark times. I loved it. And because I loved it so much, I needed something tangible that would help me quit. Jake's Mint Chew is all natural, no nicotine, no tobacco, and it's good for me. They even have these little CBD pouches. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE, that's J-E-S-S-E, and you get 20% off. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I can't believe you even just asked me that. And I'm not letting you gobble up the precious people's time for Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Chris asked me who would win, Godzilla or King Kong. If you aren't cheering for King Kong, I want you to turn off this radio show right now. What, Chris? What? I understand that he's up against it with a nuclear lizard that breathes atomic fire. I realize he's 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 down and out, but it's still Kong, man. I, I understand uh, Godzilla has most of the advantages. And I understand people who, okay, okay, all of the advantages. And I understand people who point out that size-wise, there's no comparison until they make them fight each other and then they're the same size. King Kong, historically, is uh, the size. He wouldn't come up to Godzilla's knee. Godzilla's the size of skyscrapers. King Kong has to climb skyscrapers. But assuming they're the same size, you cheer for Kong. You want Kong to Kong out and rage and stuff like that. No, no, I, sh- I said King Kong. I said Godzilla had every advantage. King Kong has the strength advantage. Same size. He has this kind of. He does, even Godzilla has that huge tail he whips around and stuff like that. Dang it. Dang it. Jesse, what is your favorite whiskey drink? Are you a whiskey water and ice guy or whiskey straight? Um, and I cannot read that joke you also sent along with it. This is a nationally syndicated radio show. Yes, I laughed. No, I cannot read that on the air. I'm a whiskey straight guy. I sip it straight. I I don't mind a couple ice cubes in it now and then, but I just enjoy sitting back and just sipping on it, nice and warm down the throat. Nothing better if you got a cold. That's enough, Chris. Jesse, your clarion call to boycott goods and services of leftist anti-American companies has resonated. What do you think about creating nonprofit that certifies companies with conservative values? Attached is a logo I came up with with a certified conservative. Let's have a chat, everybody. And this one may be hard to hear. You want a little inside baseball? Here it is. I worked for a year after my two losing congressional campaigns. I moved to D.C. for a year 
and worked as a director of development for Citizens United. It's one of those political activist groups there. And the nonprofit world, the political activist world, they're very similar worlds. Oftentimes they overlap. And so you get to know all the players and you get to know all the inside industry stuff. This guy runs this group and this guy runs that group. One, that world is really, really, really scummy. Both the civilian nonprofit world and the political nonprofit world. You look at the books or you hear about the books of so many of these places. You see the donations they bring in. You see what they do with the donations versus the salaries of the people at the top. Almost, not always, obviously, but a lot of the time, these are nothing but slush funds for people who figured out how to milk the public for a bunch of cash and benefit themselves. I'm not starting any nonprofits because I don't have the time to run one. And if I put someone else in charge of one and put my name on it, what if I wake up one day and find out he's handing out conservative certifications and making a million bucks a year himself and doing nothing else to actually help people? And and it, see, I hate it because it seems like such a scam because what they do is they prey on people's passions to send us $50 so we can challenge Congress for this new gun grab. And you send them $50 and like $1 goes to anything you care about and the rest of it goes to the guy's second home in Malibu. That's real. That happens on the right too, not just on the left. On the right, that happens in religious nonprofits. That happens in charitable nonprofits all the time. The books on these, you have to see where the dollars go. Do they go to where they say they're sending them, or do they go to line somebody's freaking pockets? That's one. Two, I'm not ripping on you for the concept, but the whole certified conservative thing. I have considered, I've considered making a list of companies that that I will patronize because of the ownership, because they're not going full commie, because they're doing that. And I am still considering this. I am a bad person. I don't just say that. I am a bad person. I know I am. I wish I wasn't. I'm a sociopath. I'm a bad person. I would worry about that process being corrupted. Meaning, I'm look, I'm giving it to you straight here. I would worry about me being corrupted. I don't have a plan to get corrupted, don't get me wrong, but I worry about that stuff. What if what if there's a company that's kind of crappy and I don't want to throw them on that list? But hey, it's a, a, a car company. It's a car company. They want on the list. I don't want them on the list. Hey, Jesse, how about a new pickup truck on us? Now, I'd like to tell you that I would say no. I hope I would say no. What if I can't? What if I can't? And now I'm lying to you. Now I'm putting that company on the list, and I'm lying to you. That's how stuff works, too. I've seen how stuff works so much that I worry about me getting corrupted. And I'm I'm telling you, I think I would. Or what if it becomes a, a personal thing? What if there's a great company out there? 
doing the right thing, fighting the good fight. But uh, I'm, I'm not a big grudge-holding guy, but 10, 15 years ago, I got into a little fight or something like that with the owner of it, and I won't put him on the list. I'm human, too. I have biases, too. I worry about it. I worry about it. What if what if the what if the company sucks but the owner's some dime and she asks me? I'm only human too. Why do you think pharmaceutical reps all look like supermodels? Because that's who gets the meeting with the doctor. Hey, you want to start selling this? You want to start giving this to your patients? People are people, and I worry about myself more than others because I know I'm worse than other people. That's what I worry about. Who's doing the certifying? And like I said, you can say, well, you'll do it all. I'm human too. I get corrupted too. Or could. You know, that's that's the problem when you're asking somebody to certify it for you. All that said, I do love the idea. Because I do think we have an obligation now, now more than ever, to be more purposeful with where we spend our money and where we do not spend our money. You know, there's a new... There's a new Space Jam movie coming out. You remember that old half cartoon with Michael Jordan? Kind of dumb, but entertaining Space Jam. There's a brand new one coming out. And you know Babs Bunny, Bugs Bunny's love interest? You know how she they made her like this smoking hot cartoon back in the day? They are already putting out drawings. The new one, the new one isn't like that at all. And LeBron James is the star of the whole thing. And LeBron James obviously is taking a steaming dump on America for four or five years, constantly talks about how much we suck, constantly praising China. Let me ask you something. You going to see that movie? I'd love to see a new Space Jam movie. I'd like to take the kids. I'm not going to see that movie. I'm not going to pay him for crapping on America. I'm not going to pay for more of this cultural Marxist crap, which I'm sure will be sprinkled all through. I'm not paying for it. Are you paying for it? I don't hate the idea of a list. I hate the idea of me making one and it getting big enough that I get corrupted. I'm not saying I won't do it, but I'm worried about it. All right. Should we have anti-pedophile classes? Woza. Hang on. Stocky. Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. 
A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You said you wanted to know how to get Capone. Do you really want to get him? You see what I'm saying? What are you prepared to do? Everything within the law. And then what are you prepared to do? If you open the ball on these people, Mr. Nash, you must be prepared to go all the way. Because they won't give up the fight until one of you is dead. I want to get Capone. I don't know how to get him. You want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. Man, Chris, that's getting dark today. <laughs> 877 You know, let's brighten up the mood here for a second before I get to the super dark pedophile email. My son has to do a presentation for science next week. It's part of their exam. Their final exam is uh, presentation. He's 12. It was going to be one on the planets. And he wasn't sure what planet he was going to get. The teacher was going to assign him. And the night before, I make a crack. I'm like, it'd be kind of funny if you got Uranus. And he comes home the next day and he said, Dad, guess what planet I got? <laughs> he got Uranus. And now... I feel terrible because I've already set a bad, immature example in my house. And every time he starts talking about it, we're talking in front of obviously the wife. And we're like, yeah, we're going to have to, do, we'll, we'll do some great prep on Uranus and stuff like that. And the boys are laughing and I'm laughing. And she's all, Jesse, that's enough. All of you, that's enough. And now what I've done, I've 100% set him up to fail his exam. How's he supposed to stand up in front of a class with all his little buddies in there snickering every time he says Uranus? What, Chris? He's not going to change the name to Uranus. He can't. It's, he's a 12-year-old boy. There's nothing you could say to make him change the name to something less hilarious. Dang it. Sorry, ladies. This is who we are. This is who we are. Dr. Jesse. Regarding society's worst, okay, we have stupid sex ed in schools that doesn't really teach anything important. I believe that there should be mandated anti-pedophile classes starting from first grade, obviously scaled for age as far as what is shown and slash taught. The reason I say this is because I don't think a normal stranger danger is enough for children. Without going into it, I'm very familiar with over 100 child abuse cases, and I think it should be required education. I may be nuts, what say you? I'm fine with the schools teaching it, but I will tell you, having seen the dark, dark side of life, a lot of it, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm trying to wake you up. You cannot imagine how many of these people there are out there. I, I'm not look, this is too dark. I'm not going to spend too much time on it on a Friday, but please hear me. If you're a parent or if you're if you're a woman, especially, obviously if you're a grown dude, it may not apply as much. Parent or woman, your state has a sex offender registry. They all do. Go pull it up right now. It's all free. 
and put in your area code. Your zip code, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't care. Ah, Jesse, I'm in the no, 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 I'm in the Oklahoma suburbs. I'm sure it's fine. No. No. Hear me out. I have done this everywhere I've been. No matter where you think it's safe, go look at who's around you and know this. Those are the people they've caught. And they haven't caught a fraction of how many are out there. You see these stories. Story after story after story. You see the Boy Scouts, or was it Cub Scouts? I don't want to call out the wrong one. Just had to settle this massive abuse case. Thousands of cases. Thousands. You've seen the problem the churches go through. Little league coaches. Be super careful who you trust your kids with. We have this amazing church camp we send our kids to every single summer. I pull them aside every single time. Before they go, this is what's appropriate. This is what's not appropriate. This is what you will. And I love this camp and trust this camp. This is what you will do if this happens. This is what you won't do if that happens. And as soon as I pick them up, I'm asking them, anything happen? We need to talk about anything. Talk to me. Talk to me. And you don't have to be like me because you know I'm bad. I don't mince words with my kids to make life sunnier for them. You tell your kids, don't talk to strangers. I tell my kids, if you if that if a stranger pulls up and holds up a puppy that you want to go pet and you go over there and talk to him, he's going to grab you and throw you in the trunk and tie you up in a basement and hurt you horrifically for a week before he chops you up into little pieces. Now, do you still want to pet that puppy? I tell them that. The same way I teach them weapon safety. I make it real. You know how serious this is, son? Do you want to shoot your brother's face off? Then pay attention to what you're doing. We're not playing here. These are not toys. I make it real for them. I'm not saying that's the right way to do things. I'm not saying I'm a good parent. I'll never claim that. I make it real. Whether or not it should take place in school, I don't know. But you're not looking at the right guy if you're looking for me to, to, to say schools can teach anything well. I just don't have that, ma- that much faith in America's government education system. But I don't want to scare you, and I don't want to gross you out. It is a, an extremely sick world out there. An extremely sick world out there. Make it real for them. As real as you're comfortable making. Stranger danger. No, uh You're going to get you. All right. My platform versus your platform. We got to talk about that. Hang on. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke anime Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. 
877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Remember something. Remember this. You can get the whole show on a podcast right after the show on iHeart, Google, Spotify, on iTunes, on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review talking about how handsome I am. That is it funny? Yes. It makes management upset, which is hilarious. And now it's become a thing where there's like 600 of these things. <laughs> Love Fridays. All right. I think I have 20 emails left. I'm going to try to get through all of them in one hour. I can do this, Chris. I can do this. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. We are now at the final hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. On an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, I told you it was going to be a good day, and I have so many emails to get through. I'm going to get to them. I'm going to get to them, Chris. I can feel it. I can feel it. All right, let's go. We're rolling. Yo, Dr. Jesse Shogun the Brogun, it's my honor to pose this question to his greatness. I recently started a YouTube channel, mostly out of frustration from constantly hearing the left tell me how to think and act. I also feel that enough of us, the right, speaking up. I also feel that, I don't know. I get a lot of negative feedback from people I know who disagree. I'm a conservative in black, so of course I get pushback, particularly from black people who say I'm a sellout or confused, etc. Like you, I don't care what people think of me. I also don't want to waste my time. I have no desire to be famous. The goal or hope is to inform or encourage other people who think like me. Oracle. Is it even possible without a huge platform like yours? Considering the position of YouTube and socials combined with mostly negative reception, is it worth the time and effort? (sighs) Buddy, I'm going to say something, and this is going to shock you because for once, I'm not actually going to take all the credit for myself. Yes, blessed to have a nationally syndicated radio show and TV show and blessed that they're both growing exponentially right now. Very, very blessed. Fell backwards into this whole thing. And yeah, it's a massive platform now. I get that. But hear me now. The people who will watch your admittedly small YouTube channel are going to be your friends and family. Even as great as I am, I could never have the same influence on your friends and family that you do. You have people feel powerless. You're not powerless. 
You're just not focusing on the right thing. You're thinking too big. Nobody, nobody has the exact same circle of friends and family. Isn't that wild to think about? Your circle is unique to you. Obviously, there's going to be overlap, but yours is unique to you. And because it's unique to you, they trust you more than they'll ever trust me because they know you. And if they're mad, if they're dumping negative comments on you, good. Good. That means you're making them angry. It means you're making them think. It means you're saying things that make them uncomfortable. And if you're going to get, and I understand black people get this a lot. My black conservative friends will complain to me a lot about this privately, of how mean other black people are to them uh, of doing that sellout thing and stuff like that. You can't worry about that no matter what color they are. If they're mad, that's good. You need to wade into that, embrace it. I'm not saying you need to be nasty back. You can just ignore it, but you need to embrace it and know the matter they get, the more good you're doing. I cannot affect your circle the way you can. Don't you dare stop that YouTube channel. Keep putting them out there. And like I said, don't worry about responding. Don't let it get you down. If it does get you down, because I realize I'm a bit of a sociopath, start ignoring the comments. Stop reading them. Remember, you can email me anything. Your love, hate, your death threats, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I will read every email you send me. It's getting to be a lot. I'm still reading all of them. And I will st- I will stop telling you that when I stop being able to read them all. I read every one you send. I'm not going to respond. I get way too many. Don't expect a response. They all go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them. I read every single one. And no, I will not read your name ever on the air unless you specifically tell me you want it read on the air. I'm like the last person in the world who believes in total and complete privacy. Even for my enemies, I don't read the names of my death threat senders on the air. I, d- I won't do it. Period. Private is private. That's how life should be. Dear Sombrero Oracle Jesse, what is the best? Yeah, I think he said meant to say best way. What is the best way to eat an egg? A fried egg with yummy oak with runny yolk soaked up in wheat bread is top notch. I'm not sure if you're a fan of mayonnaise, not the abomination called Miracle Whip, but a scrambled egg sandwich with mayo on the bread is amazing. If you can't tell by my previous statements, I grew up in the South and we put mayo on everything. Side note, mayo and cornbread and pinto beans is amazing. Let's begin at the end. Beans are disgusting. Unless they're refried, don't you ever... Bring up beans to me again. What, Chris? What? Yeah, refried's obviously fine because they've mixed a bunch of lard and everything else in there and smashed them up, and they go great on nachos. All other beans are absolutely foul. And understand this. My parents used to make me eat lima beans when I was a kid. Lima beans are the most wretched, wretched thing on the planet. I had times, more than once, Because they thought I was just being picky. People have certain tongues that are made for certain things. Wait, Chris, they have certain tongues that are made for certain things. Not every tongue is made the same. I would more than one time vomit my lima beans back onto the plate. It was that gross to me. And I have an oldest son. He will eat 
broccoli and ask for seconds. He'll just eat helpings of broccoli. For him, it's like candy. My youngest can't take a bite out of it. Or he will gag. Like, we have him gagging over there. And I, I try to tell the wife, you don't understand. He's got a different tongue. He's built differently. So get that bean crap out of here. But eggs are the greatest thing in the world. I don't know how people don't appreciate eggs more. They're absurdly healthy. They're absurdly good for you while also being absurdly delicious. Did I ever tell you, I, I've told you before about that time where I was working to get my cholesterol down, Chris. I don't have – now, high cholesterol and high blood pressure runs in my family, and I didn't have high blood pressure or high cholesterol. It was just slightly higher than it should have been, so it was considered slightly elevated. I go see this buddy of mine, and he is a doctor, one of those like lifestyle doctors of diet and stuff like that. He helps – if people are extremely obese, helps them lose a lot of weight type thing, and he's really, really sharp. And he pulls me and he sits me down. He says to me, Jesse, dietary cholesterol has absolutely nothing to do with your cholesterol level. Nothing at all. He said, the only thing that's bringing up your cholesterol is sugar. It's either the unprocessed sugar or the whatever, the sugar and candy or carbs. Carbs turn to sugar in your bloodstream. He said, I want you to do something for me. I want you to try Cutting down, not out, because he knew I could never cut out, and I could never cut out carbs. I go keto. I could never do that. I want you to consider cutting down on your carbs for three months. Then we'll come back and test all this again. And for three months, I would I would eat a slice of pizza, and I would pile the toppings from two other slices all on one slice. So I have more cheese and meat, but I still have some carbs. Instead of two pieces of toast with breakfast, I would have one, and that kind of thing. Sometimes I would take the top off a burger halfway through eating it. Sometimes I wouldn't, but you look like I'm, I'm not, I'm not Superman here. It's not like I was super diligent about it, but I did probably cut my carbs in half. I would guess half. And during that few months, I ate more butter and eggs and cheese and bacon than you can possibly fathom. I would just have cheesy scrambled eggs, four or five slices of bacon with it, and just inhale it. I mean, just soaked in butter. I go back after three months of living like that. My bad cholesterol was cut in half. Not not slightly lower, in half. My good cholesterol through all my numbers, perfection. That's my own personal experience with it. I still try to do some of that, but... For what it's worth, I'm not your doctor. Worked for me. All right. How are we going to split up the country? Are they going to let us? Hang on. The talk radio revolution. Jesse Kelly. You need to eat Two Super Beats heart chews a day. And when I say need, this is what I mean. You know you, need, you know you have to take care of your heart and your blood pressure. That's not exactly news. But some of the steps you have to take to do that are less fun than others. Oh, I'm going to get up today at 5 in the morning and work out for nine hours before work. That's, that's not fun. That's not fun at all. Eating Super Beats heart chews is delicious. I'll be honest, 
if they weren't good for my heart and good for, for my blood pressure, I'd probably still eat them. I'm a fruit snack freak. They don't taste anything like beets. My favorite flavor is pomegranate berry, although I highly recommend you also try super grapes because it's outstanding. Go get some. Go to GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. That's GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. Buy two bags, get the third for free. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. It has been pointed out to me by Jewish producer Chris that I did not actually answer the man's question about eggs. Fried egg can be the best egg. The reason I say can be is, look, fried egg, like you said, dipping wheat toast in in, a, in an over-easy egg is as good as life gets. But scramby eggs, they allow you to add ingredients. I add diced jalapenos to mine, little hot sauce, little Frank's Buffalo Ranch seasoning cheese. What, Chris? I understand you can do it on a fried egg. It's not the same. It's not at all the same as chopping up the ingredients. Also, one thing about your email that has to be corrected right now. You don't put scrambled eggs on an egg sandwich. You take a fried egg, you break the yolk, you put the fried egg on an egg sandwich. Never a scrambled egg on an egg sandwich. Come on, man. But yeah, mayo, of course. Dr. Jesse, I know we have a serious problem with... Irreconcilability, I'm not sure if that's a word, of differences between the right and left. However, I don't know if a divorce would work or be done peacefully. Because our new country, the United States of Christendom, would have at least 25 to 35 percent of the population that supported the left's new country. The American states of LGBTQ+, Austin and Canada. (laughs) And would undermine our new system at every turn. Or they would grow from 25 to 35% to 50.1% in a few short de- short decades. So, should the divorce take place, how would the right prevent, without helicopter deportations over the oceans, commies coming to take over our new country? Thank you for your time. P.S. Congrats if you read irreconcilability without having to sound it out. I had to sound it out. I still don't say it's a word. Let me address this question right now. One, they're never going to let it let us go. You're right, but we have a say in that too. Two, I've told this story before. It's 100% true. It just makes people uncomfortable because it makes people self-conscious about their life choices. This is not me judging you. It's a fact. Buddy of mine has, has a conversation with a Muslim buddy of his. The conversation goes like this. He's asking about the direction of the country, so on and so forth. The Muslim buddy says to my buddy, well, you have two kids and they don't know what gender they are. I have five kids and we teach them our values. How do you think that story ends? If you want to keep your country, especially after we divorce, but now too, there's nothing Absolutely nothing you can do that's more patriotic to preserve the United States of America as you want it than getting married and cranking out a bunch of kids. 
and that makes people uncomfortable. Look, I've only got two. I'm not pointing fingers at you. I'm not pointing fingers at you, but I'm also right. I'm also, demographics don't lie. How many of them are breeding versus how many of you are breeding? That's going to determine the future of your nation. Who's doing the breeding and who isn't? It's a fact. The next generation, yes, there are children, and yes, they're important. What they are, they're a reflection of what the country will look like in the future. So what are those percentages? Who's outbreeding who? You want your country? Find a dime, marry her, have a bunch of kids. Dear Oracle Dr. Jesse, I want you to imagine that you were the dictator of the United States starting today. What would you do? And don't hold back so that you are politically correct. There are no limits to your power. Oh, boy. We're going to get in trouble here, aren't we, Chris? I'm going to be delicate. I'm going to be delicate. I'm telling you right now. I'm, I'm Look, I'm doing this on the fly. The movie and music industry would be virtually eliminated overnight. Probably paused completely. No, 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 Chris. No, no, no. We're here. What's that great saying from the movie Crimson Tide? We're here to preserve democracy, not to practice it. No, no. Daddy's in charge now. This filth, this commie filth, gone. I'll, I'll, I'll let it come back. But we are going to have whole industry cleanouts of movies and music, which are critically important. These sports leagues, uh, goodbye to that China money. And you better start being American again. The school system, the public school system, is gone. And I do mean completely gone. I may do a phase out of it if I'm in a good mood, but it will not be in existence anymore. We will move on to a completely privatized school system. I'm fine if that's not homeschooling. Not everyone can do that. The privatized system, by the way, if you're worried about the costs, would cost a fraction of what the government school system costs you for a much better education for your children. The public education system would be gone completely. Overnight. That would not be phased in. That would be overnight. Gone. Period. Bye. Virtually every single government agency would be eliminated. And I mean the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I mean the EPA. I don't mean a reduction. I don't mean a limit. I mean virtually every single government agency would be eliminated. Chris asked the IRS too. Yes, of course the IRS. They'd probably be first. Probably be first. I'm not joking. I'm not joking about any of this. I would openly encourage states to build churches and synagogues. There's no such thing as church and state. Your country has to have some sort of religious founding in order to have a moral code. I'm not preaching at you. You know I've never done that. I never will. That is, that is the, every, the Aztecs had a religious moral code. It was detestable, but they had one. If you don't have one as a nation, you are gone. Every nation in the history of mankind has known they need to have one. We will have one here in the United States of America. No, I'm not starting a theocracy and burning heretics at the stake. It will be more of an encouragement, but we will have churches and synagogues here. All over the country, period. We will. Um, you know, we should probably dial down what should be done to the opposition. But let's just start with deportations. There will be mass deportations. And I'm talking about of American citizens. We have too many American citizens now 
who simply despise the United States of America. Chris, that's not nice, but it's true. Chris said, hey, it's what Lincoln wanted to do. It's true. There will be people leaving this country. There will be the death penalty for pedophiles. And I don't mean after a year. If uh, Obviously, I wanted a just justice system after a fair trial. If you meet certain levels of egregious, you will die that day. In fact, you will die publicly that day on the courthouse lawn, swinging from the gallows that day. They're not torturing people to death or anything like that, but you're gone that day in public. And you'll swing there for a while so everybody can see. Um, let me see, Chris. What else are we doing here? What? Voting rights. Oh, you are absolutely, you'll be shocked at how few people actually get to vote. I don't think I will actually make it an age thing. I'll, I'll certainly put a limit on it. Uh, uh, 25, 30 years old, unless you have military service type thing. But there will be, you will be a stake owner in this country, or you have no say-so whatsoever in the direction of this country. Illegal immigration, don't worry, that'll be gone. Uh, that'll get handled pretty quickly, very, very quickly. I don't, I don't mean we're going to get you deported after you go through court. I mean, you physically can't get to the border, and if you do, you're simply met at gunpoint and told to turn around. I'm not doing that to be cruel. I think that is nice because you don't have to do that very long and they'll stop coming. They'll simply stop coming. Uh, let me think here. Abortion outlawed nationally, not even a debate. That comes with the death penalty. Let me think here. What else? I realize it's getting brutal, Chris. I'm the dictator. I'm the dictator. You asked what I would do. He asked me to be offensive. This is what I'm, uh, by the way, I'm not done yet. I'm just ticking down through the list of answers here. Government will issue, government will issue and have no rights to take back an AR-15 to every single American adult after they receive firearms training. We will be the most armed country in the history of the world. Oh, I'm not even close to finished yet. First, we have to have a guest to talk about those government schools. Hang on. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. against this public education system 
One guy I've really, really come to admire because he's always out there fighting the good fight is Corey DeAngelis. He is with the Reason Foundation. He's the director of school choice with the Reason Foundation. Corey, parents out there are screaming for schools to open. You're out there doing good things. Tell people what's happening. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this over the past year that schools have been closed for in-person instruction uh, and, and not providing an adequate type of remote learning for so many students. And a lot of it has to do with incentives. You know, the private schools have been fighting to reopen, whereas the public schools and their teachers unions have been fighting to remain closed because they get your money regardless of whether they even open their doors for business. So now you even have places like uh, teachers unions in the Chicago area actually going on strike as of yesterday after the district even offered them a nine and a half percent raise over three years. Yeah, so families are seeing all of this stuff going on. I mean, you have the the Berkeley Teachers Union president railing against schools reopening while sending his own child to in-person private uh, school for, for his family. So families are getting fed up with this, and they're seeking alternatives like school choice or what I call funding the student as opposed to the system. And you have 28 states where legislators have introduced bills to fund the student as opposed to the institution. And about a third of these states have passed one of these bills out of at least one chamber and about five other states have, have passed bills out of committee. So there's a, there's a, a shift in momentum in support of funding students directly. And I think a lot of it has to do with the, the teachers unions overplaying their hand this past year. What do you mean? You say this all the time and I love it. What do you mean specifically by funding students instead of systems? Yeah, in the current system, a geographically assigned monopoly public school Get your children's education dollars regardless of how well they do and regardless of how satisfied the families are. And in this past year in particular, regardless of whether they even open their doors for business, all I'm arguing is that that same money that would have went to your public school should follow the child instead to whatever educational institution works best for them. It could be the public school if, if that works best for them, but if not, it could follow them to a private school or be used to cover the cost of home-based education or even pandemic pods or micro schools. And the best way to do this uh, through the legislature is something called an education savings account. The money that would have went to the public school follows the child to their own education savings account, and the funding has to be used on government-approved education expenditures. And I listed a couple of them a second ago. But it, it gets us from funding buildings to funding students. And look, if the, if the education system is supposed to exist to meet the needs of individual students, we should fund the students instead of the institution. And we already do this with so many other programs like Pell Grants and the GI Bill for higher education. The money goes to the student, and then they can pick public or private universities of their choosing. We don't residentially assign people to a particular institution and, and tell people they must use their Pell Grant funding at a, at a community college, for, for example. We don't do that with pre-K programs either. With pre-K programs such as the Federal Head Start program, the money goes to the family. Family can choose public or private, religious or non-religious. And you can go on and on with these examples of other programs that fund people instead of institutions. We should just do the same thing when it comes to K-12 education. Corey, right out there right now, I've been encouraging people to move, if, they, if it's at all possible, move, get to a place where your child can be educated the way they want. If you, you know more, you've forgotten more about this stuff than I'll ever know. There's a parent out there right now looking around the country for a place where they can have choices for their child. If you're that parent, 
What advice do you have for them? Where is the school choice heaven right now or heavens in America? Arizona and Florida are the two best states for private school choice initiatives and for charter schools. They have a lot of access to public charter schools as well. But uh, Arizona has two bills this uh, this session. One is already passed out of their full Senate to expand their existing programs that already fund students as opposed to institutions. And Florida has another bill at, that just advanced to the full Senate yesterday uh, to expand their programs uh, to fund students as opposed to institutions. So those states are doing it well, but there are tons of other states that are pushing the ball forward when it comes to school choice. And I think a lot of that has to do with, again, because the teachers unions are essentially providing free advertising for school choice this past year and families are getting fed up. You look at the latest Real Clear Opinion Research polling on this, there's been a huge jump, jump in support for funding students directly from in just a few months, between April and August 2020, there was a 10 percentage point jump in support for funding students directly. And we're seeing these proposals all across the nation. So I think the teachers unions have really overplayed their hand. And in a way, they've done more to advance the concept of school choice than anyone could have ever imagined this past year. Corey, are we making progress as far as parents, as far as the public education system reforming itself or maybe getting funds taken away for people like me who really, really look down on any government schooling. Are we making steps in the right direction at all, or are we still just stuck in the mud here? Well, we're making steps in the right direction when it comes to people re-envisioning how education funding should work. People are starting to understand that there's no good reason to fund the institution when you can fund the students directly. But when it comes to the public school system, it's more of the same. We throw more and more money at the problem and yes. make it essentially the same results over time. And that's because they don't have particularly strong incentives to meet the needs of individual families. And I think more people are seeing this this past year. Uh, but I will say in places that do have more school choice, the public schools tend to get better in response to that competitive pressure. Uh, there's a ton of studies on this, particularly in Florida finding that when private school choice expands or when charter schools expand, the public schools up their game. So in this sense, school choice is a rising tide that lifts all boats, and you don't even really have to use the programs to benefit from them because of those competitive pressures. And a handful of other studies find that in response to this competition, the public schools start to pay their teachers more. And again, that's because in the current system, the monopoly does not have any particularly strong incentive to allocate resources efficiently. So school choice benefits families, obviously, in the public and private sector, but it also benefits the employees as well. And so school choice benefits teachers, too. It's a really a win-win situation until you start thinking about the teachers union bosses and the administrators in the system who would otherwise profit from getting those uh, dollars that that should go to teacher salaries instead of administrators. Is there actual talk out there from uh, from people you're talking to about moving to homeschooling? Is so, is homeschooling blowing up right now? Because I, I hear so much chatter about it, I just can't find numbers if it's actually happening. Yeah, obviously there's a boost in home based education, whether that's through the public school system or done privately. But even formally, uh, homeschooling has jumped a lot. The latest Gallup poll that I found on this uh, nationwide suggests that the number of students formally homeschooling this year will double uh, from last year. So there's a huge 
increase in homeschooling. A lot of people are who wouldn't have done it before got a taste of homeschooling in the past year, and they said, well, you know, maybe I want to do this. Maybe I don't like the factory model of the government school system, and maybe I, I, I can make it work in the home-based setting where my child can get more one-on-one instruction. But at the same time, not all families can afford to cover the cost of home-based education. So I think this is another reason why there's a bigger push for funding students directly because these education savings accounts programs could be used to cover the cost of home-based education. It would actually lead to more equity because the most advantaged are the ones who are more likely to be able to afford home-based education and private school tuition and fees without these programs. So again, this shouldn't be a partisan issue. It shouldn't be uh, an issue uh, at all because it really leads to a win for everybody until you start to think about the power dynamics when it comes to the special interest that profit from getting your child's education dollars, regardless of how well they do. And in this past year, as we've all seen, regardless of whether they open their doors for business. Corey DeAngelis, everybody. Corey, thank you so much, my man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right. Dictator Jesse, why do Republican governors suck? And more state advice. Are you thinking about moving to Texas? I'm going to help you. Hang on. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com Jake's Mint Chew will help you quit dipping tobacco. I walked around forever with a can of dip in my pocket. Forever. So I'm not here pointing my finger at you saying you have to quit. You That's disgusting. What's wrong with you? I, oh, I get it. I get it. I love dipping. But to this day, I think about it sometimes. And because I loved it so much, I needed something to help me quit, but it's hard to find something that's actually good for you. I mean, do you really want to add nicotine to your body as you're trying to quit nicotine? No. Jake's Mint Chew will help you. Jake's Mint Chew is tobacco-free, nicotine-free, all-natural, and on top of the long-cut options they have, they have CBD pouches. Go get some of those. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. When you use the promo code JESSE, you get 20% off. Seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. This might be our final broadcast. We have an emergency situation here in the building. I walked into the bathroom a second ago. The urinal, yes, the urinal in the bathroom is overflowing. And I need to be crystal clear about this. When I say overflowing, I don't mean drip, 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 drip. I mean a waterfall pouring out of the urinal. And I have almost died so many times in this lifetime. If I die drowning in urinal water, I'm going to be so disappointed. So disappointed. But I guess that's the way it goes. 
I've decided we should probably leave the dictator stuff aside for another day. It doesn't get better from there. I'll tell you, it doesn't get better from there. But I will tell you, there is a robust plan to give power back to the states when I'm done with all this. There will, however, be... Well, for most of our laws are going to get eliminated during my time. But then there will be some serious systems put into place so this stuff can never, ever, ever happen again. Ever happen again. Dear, or Dr. Steele Shogun, Oracle of Jesse, how are Republican governors even more out of touch than the D.C. crowd? Were they really too stupid to realize the DeSantis gnome personal responsibility approach is a million times more popular with the base than the Abbott tyrant lockdown forced vapor, face, face diaper approach? Yes, they're too stupid. Yes. It, your life is going to be so influenced by the people around you. We all like to consider ourselves... Oh, I'm too strong for that. I'm a strong woman. No one affects me. I'm a, I'm a man. No one affects how I think. That's not true. That's not true. You were affected by the things your eyes see and your ears hear. That's the way the human body is made up. That's the way the human mind is made up. That's why I encourage you to move. It's better for you. Why do you think so many of these Republicans, these conservatives, moved to D.C. as politicians or writers And soon, they're taking the system line before you know it like that. It's all they're surrounded by. These Republican governors and Republicans just at any level so often lose their minds and do the wrong thing because they're not talking to you. They're not talking to me. And Greg Abbott could reach out to me. It's not like he doesn't have my number. They're not talking to us. They're not talking to us. They're talking to their other political friends. They're talking to their rich donors who are uncomfortable with this and uncomfortable with that. And they come out with these positions that are, I mean, anybody, you can see a mile away, that's going to be wildly unpopular with Republicans. And they can't. And you're all, is this guy an idiot? Is it? This guy got himself in a bubble. Beware of your bubble. You are in one. Bubbles make you stupid. Greetings. Tai Shogun, Master Chief of Letters, USMC, PT, PhD. Shut up, Chris. Dr. Jesse, I enjoyed your recent segment on surviving the eight-month Montana winters. So much so that I think it should be a reoccurring segment on the show, the Red State Relocation Survival Guide. You may not know, people living in blue states have folklore about red states, southern states, and flyover states in general. When I decided to take up your suggestion and relocate to Red State, Florida, I was immediately warned about the infamous Texas summers and apparent statewide infestation with brown recluses. Can you do anything to dispel my concerns? Okay, pal. One, the brown recluse thing is so overblown. I've, I've lived here for six, seven years, something like that. What year is it, Chris? 2021? Think of, yeah, about seven years I've lived in Texas. I've seen one brown recluse ever, and it was a dead one. Chris has seen three. He's lived there his whole life. That's so overblown, totally overblown. It's not like Australia where you get eaten by dingoes right when you get off the plane. Anyway, your body adjusts to things. Your body will adjust, will adjust to the Texas summers. You're never going to walk out of your house 
in July in Dallas or Houston and be all, woo, this feels great. It's always going to be hot. You'll get used to it. You learn to get by. Your body adapts. One thing you have to be really diligent about, though, if you've never lived in a hot climate, you have to drink water. And I say that. I didn't grow up drinking tons of water. I was actually a huge milk drinker. I would just drink it by the gallon. Shut up, Chris. But then in the Marine Corps, they will quite literally, well, they used to, they will quite literally beat it into you if you don't drink enough water. If you, I've told you the story before. If they would catch you dehydrated, they, they'll look at your urine. And if it's, if it's not the right color, they will take you to a trash can and make you drink water until you're throwing up. It's that, but that's, that's how important it is. And they're doing it because it'll save your life. So now I just naturally drink water all day long. I'm always drinking water, but I realize a lot of people don't. They have, they drink diet soda all day. They drink, they drink various things all day. You cannot do that here. You cannot do that here. You will get too dehydrated. You'll feel, even if it doesn't get dangerous, you'll feel miserable all the time. You have got to drink water here and drink it a lot. And I mean a lot. All right. We're not quite done yet. Hang on. Hey, Dad. Your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad. Your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. I mean that about drinking water. This is it's going to sound like I'm one of those workout nut guys. You know, those personal trainers, you need to drink nine gallons of water a day. I'm not saying that, but in this state, you're going to learn a couple things. You have to drink a lot of water. Your body will get used to it. Sunglasses are not optional. They're not optional. Your eyes will hurt at the end of the day if you don't have sunglasses on. Shut up, Chris. Hats, also beneficial, especially when you're approaching 39 and the hair is starting to thin out a little bit on top, starting to retreat back towards your ears just a bit. Look, once you get married... Everything goes gray and just starts falling out. It's from the stress of it. (laughs) All right. 
I'll see you Monday, you hooligans. That's all. Jesse Kelly Show. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, it's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Chew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation supports America's greatest heroes, U.S. service members, and first responders who die or are catastrophically injured in the line of duty and homeless veterans. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us by the men and women who risked their lives and bodies for our country and our communities. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America with over 80 runs walks and climbs a year and dozens of golf outings and barbecues the tunnel to towers 9-11 institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about america's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget more than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to tunnel to towers goes to its programs never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes donate 11 dollars a month to tunnel to towers at t2t.org that's t the number two t.org Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. 
With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.